This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy. I have received letters from many women asking for pointers on skin care and makeup. And I can't think of anyone better qualified for that information than my guest today, Mr. Hal King, who happens to be director of makeup for Max Factor and Company here in California. Hal has worked with such stars as Greta Garbo, Hedy Lamarr, Maureen O'Hara, Betty Davis, and Natalie Wood. And uh, incidentally, he has been advising me and applying my makeup since the early days of my career in motion pictures and has been with me since the beginning of The Lucy Show. Hello, Hal, dear. Hi, Lucy. I think, uh, you know what, I think I'll start with a description of you, Hal. You're rather an unusual-looking young man. This I want to hear. <laughs> well, you're going to hear it. First of all, I think you're very handsome, and I know what a great impression you make as you travel around the world explaining skin care and skin problems and the uh, fixing of such to uh, women all over the world. And I know what an impression you have made, and I think for a radio audience, I think they should have the benefit of knowing, you know, what you're really like. First of all, how old are you? Well, let's say I've been in the business for almost 30 years. You guessed the rest. Well, you're in your 40s, and you look like you're in your... 30s, and uh, you're six feet what? Just about six feet. Just about six feet. You have salt and pepper gray uh, hair, but beautifully cut, I'll say. Is that a new haircut? Is that the newest? Well, it's combed forward to uh, hide a little bit of the receding hairline. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a receding hairline. But anyway, it's very attractive and it's very up to date. You look like this year's man. Was that hazel green eyes you hazel have? Hazel green. Beautiful eyebrows, well-shaped nose, beautiful face, good face for the size of your body. I've always been very aware of that. You know whom you remind me of? Who's that? Ricardo Cortez. Who is he? Oh, now, hell. <laughs> you remember Ricardo of Cortez, I do. a very handsome man. How tall are you, did you say? About six. About six. And what do you weigh? 160. How do you keep that marvelous physique? I walk and walk and walk, and then I make up a lot of stars. And you know, it isn't so easy working with a lot of people. You bend down a lot, you mean. Yes, and picking up brushes, and yes. And the kind of clothes you wear, they're very important. You're, well, you're very up-to-date. Right. In any business. Well, in this business particularly, when you're dealing with the kind of people we do, people who are in the public eye and are fashion conscious, mm -hmm. I like to be that too. I'm aware that you are aware of the right colors for you. The right colors are very important. The effect that I make on the people I work with is important. Mm -hmm. If they like me and like what I'm wearing, then there is a compatible feeling between us, and we get along very well. All right, Hal. Now, because of your experience in the field of skin care, Let's uh, talk about the things that will help our women listeners with their makeup and skin problems. Let's talk about, first, the cleansing thing, which I think is so terribly important. I, for instance, I cleanse my skin three times a day. What do you advocate for the average woman? I advocate a woman cleansing her face properly, cleansing it more than once. Usually, a woman thinks that if she puts one application of uh, cleansing cream on and wipes it away with a tissue, that it's clean. It isn't. More than one application is necessary. To cream the face two or three times is important. And then a skin freshener or an astringent. Now let's stop right there and get the kind of cleansing cream, because I know some women are concerned 
with the kind of cleansing cream. For instance, I know of liquefying creams, and I know that some women are, I think, making the mistake of trying to clean their face with cold cream, which I think is too heavy. And then there's also a, a, uh, an oil cleanser. Right. Uh, this is a very good point. I'm glad you brought it up, Lucille. There are very many kinds of cleansing cream, and the woman goes in to buy one. She's so confused because there are so many, she doesn't know what to buy. And in most cases, the saleswomen don't either. But here's a hint for most women. If your skin is very oily, then you need a cream that is heavy in order to massage that oil out of your skin. In other words, for it to get down into the pores to float out the excess oil that's there. But it must be a cream that's water-soluble, a cream that's rinsed off with water. How can they tell? I asking if the cream is water-soluble. Is that, is that on the jars usually? Yes, usually it is. And it's a cream that if they rinse their face with water, then they have no residue left on their face to add to the, the oil which exudes from their pores. So there's no buildup of oiliness. Then there is another kind, which is a liquid cleanser. It's a type of a skin detergent for women who have excessive oily skins. Well, only? Only, yes. Or, shall we say, for women who have disturbed skins. That is, if they break out in blemishes and so forth, their skins are prone to infection, they should use the liquid detergent type, the medicated type cleansers, so that their faces are antiseptically clean, and therefore preventing bacteria from growing in the little pores. What so about forth. eliminating any cream or any liquid cleanser at all and just uh, if your face is, is really uh, upset with, with blemishes? No. Uh, cleansing the face and removing the cleansing agent is important. Then, if they have a disturbed skin, to use a medicated product that will dry up or clear up the disturbance. Mm -hmm. I, ha I hasten to say right about now that anyone with skin blemishes, I feel, and I hope you agree, Hal, that they should certainly consider their problem inside out first. That, of course, is we take for granted. The fact that whatever happens to us externally is a result of something that is happening internally. Enough said. I think this is a very important point, and I, we could expound on it someday, but uh, I think it's one of the first things that they should be aware of. Now, the... Uh, now, the woman who has a normal complexion, she wears a, a liquid or a solid cleansing cream, one that she can wipe away with a tissue, or after she has cleansed her face, to take a nice hot towel and steam her face with it. That's what I wanted to bring up, because I've been doing that for years, and it seems It's to marvelous. As a matter of fact, every woman can do this, whether she has a dry or oily or normal skin, because steaming it opens the pores and floats out anything that you can't wipe away. Yes. So it's very good. It's a marvelous process. Or a thing I to think do. Uh, they labor under the misapprehension that uh, steaming the face sometimes enlarges pores, Hal. No, there's no such thing as enlarging a pore by steaming. Uh, fortunately, nature has made the pores whereby they open up and they contract normally. And this is due to temperature changes. If we put a hot towel on our face, the pores open up. Immediately after removing the hot towel, we are now subjected to our environment, the, whether it's warm or cold outside, and so our pores contract accordingly. Good. So that's they very don't good stay open know. and they don't stay closed. They work automatically. Hey, that's very good to know. All right, now we have talked about the cleansing process, and we advocate that every woman Every young lady should clean their face several times a day. Yes, at least three times a day. And I am certainly for that. 
And I'm certainly sorry to say, Hal, that at this point we have run out of time. Ladies, we only scratched the surface with Hal today, but I'm very happy to tell you that he has graciously consented to give us his time and talents for the next few days because we have a lot to talk about. Hal is really going to take it from the top. We're going to discuss three different kinds of makeup application for the average woman. For example, we're going to talk about how to look your very best at the breakfast table, how to be the envy of the girls at lunch, and what to do in the evening for that all-important date with your husband or boyfriend. You know, this is the time of year we have so many of those wonderful dress-up parties. So ladies, if you'll be with us every day for the next few days for a 10-minute beauty lesson, Hal King has promised me that you'll be prepared for just about any occasion. Don't forget now. See you tomorrow. Hi, this is Lucy. Again today, my guest is Mr. Hal King, director of makeup for Max Factor here in Hollywood. Hal has been advisor to many of Hollywood's great stars and has been my personal makeup man for many years in motion pictures and television. Yesterday, we talked about the preparation for makeup. Now, Hal, let's discuss the application of makeup for the average woman. I'm not referring to high-styled models and actresses and people in the theatrical profession. Let's forget about that. Today, let's talk about the average American woman. May I say this before we start? I think each woman needs to evaluate her individual makeup needs according to her daily activity. By that I mean, does she have to get up early in the morning and be around the house with her husband and her children? And then perhaps take the children to school, go back to the house, do her housework, and in the afternoon go out into the town and do her shopping, or join some women for lunch, and then back home for dinner. And then shall we go a step further and say she is going out in the evening. So to me, that means she needs three different kinds of makeup and three different times for makeup application. You are absolutely correct. Let's talk about uh, the makeup that a woman should wear or how she should prepare herself when she makes breakfast for her husband in the morning and wants to sit down with him. Fine. The husband has already dressed, and he's ready to go to work. And so he's shaved, and he's bathed, and he's dressed, and he looks very well at the table. But then here comes the little lovely wife with curlers in her hair and no makeup on her face, looking like death warmed over, <laughs> sleep in her eyes. Please! And this can happen. <laughs> it does. Yeah, unfortunately. So why should not the woman think a little more of her husband and say, well, I, I do love my husband and I want him to love me, so I'm going to sit at the table in the morning and make him feel good. And leave looking. him with a prettier picture. Right. So this is what she does. It's very simple. A, a lady gets up in the morning, she should cleanse her face, whether it's rinsing it with water or cleansing it with, with cleansing cream. And then she puts on a little bit of lipstick in a pastel shade, nothing that's garish or bright or blue, a pastel pink or orange or coral wipes over her face with a little cream puff, which is a compressed powder, and if she has no color in her brows or eyes, eyelashes, touch it with a little bit of mascara. That's all she need do. It takes about five minutes. Just a little color in her cheeks, a little color on her lips, and a little opening of the eyes with just a little mascara, brush her brows, or pencil them in if she doesn't happen to have any. And she needn't go any further than that. Now, the important thing after this is if the girl, the woman, the wife, is wearing curlers in her hair, for heaven's sake, if you have time to brush them out, do so. If not, hide it under a pretty scarf. That helps, Ooh. doesn't it? Yes, it does. And so when she sits opposite her husband at the table, he does see a, 
a pretty wife, and he loves her for taking the time to do this for him. Now, the next step is after you have uh, gotten your husband off to work, you have to perhaps drive the children to school. Now, I would think that the makeup that you have put on up to now is fine for that. Absolutely. Okay, even if you have to wear the curlers. Now, going back home and doing the housework, and we're now getting ready to go someplace for lunch, let's say. Getting ready to go out for lunch necessitates the woman taking off what she had put on in the morning. She should actually start from as though she had just gotten out of bed and cleanse her face again, which she does not need to do at great uh, length because she had cleansed it earlier in the morning. And then she puts on a transparent makeup foundation. That is a makeup foundation which does not completely conceal their, your own skin tone. You want something to just veil any little discrepancies or blemishes that might be on the face or freckles. And what is it called in most towns? A, a foundation? What's the name of it? Not, well, not a product name, but... It would be called either a liquid or it would be called a compressed makeup. And well, anything, by compressed, you compressed mean... Compressed cake, compact makeup. What about the... Um, Tubes, what do you call those? Those are liquefying makeups. Makeups that are squeezed out of a tube necessarily have to be liquid, mm -hmm. and anything that's liquid will not go on heavy. Yes, now, I know that the application of this particular thing is a mystery to some women. The way I apply it is to put some in the palm of my hand, that's and right. not too much, and then I rub my hands together and cover my hands with it and very lightly apply it to my face with upward motion. Yes, and onto on. my neck. Right. Uh, this is simple. Put it on as though you were lightly washing your face. Yes. Yes, that's a good idea. And I use upstrokes, and I get it around the eyes. Yes. Eyelids up into the hairline so that there is no line left around the hairline. I go into the hairline good so that it's concealed, and down so that the neck is the same color as the face. That's right. Well, if the color is chosen wisely, it should be. Yes, that's another thing, that if you have a certain type and color of skin, there are uh, these colors in all the cosmetics, and you should take the time to find out if your skin is creamy, peachy, beige, tan, and you mustn't put on one that's too light or too dark, right? That's right, especially in the daytime when you're out in daylight and you cannot control light, then the colors must exactly match your skin. One of the reasons that I like this type of foundation is that I can then apply liquid rouge. I prefer liquid rouge. Yes, well, that's the newest thing, you know, Lucille. Let's give the women a little tip on the application of rouge, which is so simple and will not leave any line of demarcation. What is it? Put the rouge on the cheeks. Take a small, damp sponge, one that you have dipped in water, squeeze it out, and blend your rouge with a damp sponge. Even if you close your eyes, you can't leave a line of demarcation. All right, now I matter. know that the use of sponges is new to many, many women and the type of sponge that they must uh, acquire. Yes. What is the, uh, do they sell these little, uh, yes, what now, are they called, silk sponges? Silk is the texture. It's a natural sea sponge, and when they refer to it as being a silk sponge, they mean that the texture is so fine. That means that the holes in the sponge are much smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. The ones that I buy are about the size of, uh, oh, about the size of a, of a silver dollar. That size and larger, say about the size of a peach. Let's give them something. About the size of a peach. <laughs> they might not have a silver dollar and not know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think the sponges are marvelous because they, uh, when they're kept wet and just slightly wrung out, 
they do help so much in, in smoothing any foundation over your neck and, and, as you say, removing the lines of demarcation. All right, now we have the foundation and the rouge, and we are in the afternoon of the average lady. Let's go on. A woman who is going out and going to be amongst other women should wear a little eye makeup, and this includes a very soft color of eyeshadow, a pastel color, a little bit of mascara, more than she had put on that morning, and of course a well-defined eyebrow, but to make that eyebrow look natural after it is applied, powder it, and then brush the powder away, and then wet the surface with a damp sponge, and the result is the most natural-looking eyebrow you have ever seen. Yes, so we'll, we put on the foundation, we use the liquid rouge, at least we advocate using the liquid rouge at the moment because it's easiest to apply if you can learn the dexterity of uh, applying with a light hand and the eyeshadow. Uh, women, for example, who are wearing a lovely blue dress and want to bring that color up into the face will put on blue eyeshadow. The effect is very beautiful and very high fashion. Or if you have green-gray uh, eyes, the, the green eyeshadow is marvelous. If you're featuring, uh, like you're wearing pale beige and brown, there are lovely beige tones for eyeshadow and gold tones. Yes, and complementary colors to, yes. for them. So all of that can be decided when they go to a cosmetic counter and really look at all the different shades that are available. Well, Hal, we covered a lot of ground today. Our ladies are made up through the late afternoon and they're all ready for dinner. And that might be a good spot for us to pick up again tomorrow, huh? So please tune in and Mr. King will join me again and we'll give you some makeup hints for that evening on the town. See you tomorrow. Bye for now. Hi, this is Lucy. We're talking to Mr. Hal King again today. Mr. King is director of makeup for Max Factor here in Hollywood. Yesterday, we discussed makeup application for the early part of the day. Now, let's go into the latter part of the day, Hal. The shopping is over, the luncheon is over, the bridge game is over, and the lady is back home and her makeup is fine through dinner. So now, Hal, why don't you tell us how to apply makeup for that glamorous evening? This uh, glamorous evening is going to be a long, wonderful affair, and so I think that the woman should prepare for it by being uh, very clean, feeling as though she's fresh and exuberant. And to do so, she is bathed, and of course her face should be just as clean. To start with a clean face will give her the most beautiful makeup to go with her lovely dress and her lovely hairdo. And so, after cleansing her face properly, now she chooses a foundation which is not transparent. We call this an opaque foundation, one that the light will not shine through and pick up the blemishes that are maybe there under the makeup foundation. And this can be a cake-type makeup or a cream-type makeup which she applies the same way that we spoke of before, blending it on with the fingertips and then further blending it with a damp sponge. Gives a beautiful satin smooth finish. Her rouge that she chooses is one that does not contain blue because under artificial light, anything that has blue in it will turn purple. The same for the color of the lipstick. Her rouge is a little more intense than she wore during the day, but blended exactly the same way. And now she chooses an eyeshadow, which is a very beautiful, uh, exotic color, or maybe one that is iridescent that will pick up and reflect light. She can take an iridescent blue or an iridescent green, or perhaps just wear a gold or a silver. Apply them very lightly so that they're just apparent 
under a direct light which she is making up under. Here's a very nice idea. If you're wearing costume jewelry and you have colored stones, say green or, or, or some lovely shade like uh, a bronze tone, uh, wear a color that will complement your, your costume jewelry. This is very beautiful. Or an, an ornament that you may be wearing in your hair. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you, the woman is lucky and has very fine jewelry like diamonds and <laughs> emeralds and things of that sort, well, then she wears green, for example, with emeralds. This is beautiful. Yes, I think you mentioned uh, now that there would possibly be a liner on the eye. Now, by that you mean the black uh, line that they are featuring these days? Black or dark brown or even brown. It is applied with one of her little brushes. The smallest brush. Very tiny brush. As a matter of fact, there is a special brush called an eyeliner brush. It has about 12 or 15 hairs in it. And she dips it in the eyeliner and she draws it across her eyelid as close to the base of the lashes as she can. I use just plain mascara. I dip my little brush in plain mascara and use that black over my eyes. Well, you're so very careful with your makeup, Lucy, but most women need something that's more waterproof. And these eyeliners are made so that they won't run uh -huh. and they won't flake off. Some women's eyelids are such that when they open their eyes, the lower part touches the top part or the crease, and so it causes it to sort of bleed or, I wonder, or streak. I wonder if we could uh, describe how to lift the end of each eye to get that sort of almond look that they're featuring yes, nowadays. Yes, it's very simple. When you start the line at the inner corner of the eye and continue out towards the outer corner, about a quarter of an inch from the outer corner of the eye, begin to go straight up. In other words, the line is straighter rather than following the eye around down to the corner. Well, it's not corner. straight up, isn't it? Sort of a well, gentle curve? Well, if it's straight out, would be straight, straight out, up yes. from the eye. Instead of following the eyelid right down to, to where it closes corner. again, just keep on going straight out to give That's a right. longer look to the eye. That's exactly right. <clears throat> now, underneath the eye, I have seen some high fashion models look great in this, but I cannot seem to uh, go for it or do it properly. I wouldn't say that I would use the same brush under my eye. You can. You can if you wipe it off. If you wipe the, the liquid off the brush. So Isn't it easier to do with an eyebrow pencil with a very light touch? Well, you could do it both ways. You can do that with a pencil or use the same brush wiped almost clean so that just... Well, that's, that's difficult. It takes an artist like you, Hal, to do that. But I think if we would advocate a, an eyebrow pencil used very lightly under the lower lashes, close to the lid, that that perhaps would be the easiest. And there again, you draw almost a straight line and not just follow the curve of your eyelid. When you get to the outer corner, continue yes. straight out rather than uh -huh. curving around to the uh -huh. other eyelid. All right, we have the uh, base, we have the rouge, we have our lipstick on, we have we our eyeshadow. We haven't eye got shadow. our lipstick on, Lucy. Oh, we haven't? No, but we've got our eyeshadow on. Oh, and, well, let's uh, put our lipstick on and our eyebrows. All right, let's put our eyebrows on first. All right. Here is a very good trick for a woman who has to paint a lot of eyebrow. She has very little. Use two color pencils. Shape the brow with a light pencil and then with a very sharp pointed darker pencil. Yes, that's what you've taught me to do. Draw little hair-like strokes from the lower portion of the eyebrow going up to the top portion and always outward, just the way the hair grows itself. So you are simulating little hairs as though they were actually growing. Yes, what you said is very important. Uh, little strokes 
upward little strokes that look like the uh, eyebrow uh, should look, uh, rather than someone taking a pencil and just drawing a line in the shape of an eyebrow. Uh, several lines, long lines, just do not make it. But those little short strokes and mixing the two colors are very, very good for blondes, brunettes, or redheads. Anyone that has a lot of eyebrow to paint. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about the woman who has an eyebrow and just needs a little filling in. Those lucky ones that have beautifully shaped brows and all they have to do is just brush them and keep them luxurious looking. I envy them very much. I came from an era where Jean Harlow was the uh, happy uh, star of the time and uh, we all sort of had to... Uh, in, in, I've forgotten how to talk. We had to imitate Miss Harlow, and uh, we had our eyebrows shaved off, and they never grew back. I wonder how many people know that that can happen, like teenagers today who uh, make they a mistake. They should be cautioned. Teenagers oh. should. Let me say this, that it is a medical fact. In a great number of cases, eyebrow area is the only area in the human body where hair will not come back once it is shaved off or even plucked out. I hope they're listening. That's why it's important never to pluck the main body of the eyebrow. Always pluck beneath it, on the, the hairs which grow on the lid itself. And for heaven's sake, never shave it. It may never come back. <laughs> well, Hal, that eyebrow may never come back, but I'd like to tell our listeners that our guest, Mr. Hal King, will be back tomorrow, which is just another way of saying that we've run out of time for today, so I hope you'll be with us when Hal returns to give you more of his expert advice on the application of your makeup. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. See you tomorrow. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.